0: (laughs) You think I forget, right? (laughs) Oh, yes, sometimes I do. Okay, the Lord God has given me the tongue of the land, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. I want to welcome everyone here tonight. Many times I, um, as a Christian, it's been a while and I've been a Christian, I believe it's over 40 years now. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) My wife doesn't like me giving up my age. (laughs) Old man. I still feel young. (laughs) It's how you feel. I feel young. And I'm young. But from time to time, I had to really take inventory, look back into my life. And I need you to do that. It's not about being a pastor. I want to get in there. I don't care what people are doing out there. I don't have doubt. I will get in there. I believe I will get in there. But I want to do all that it takes to please him while I'm here. It's a short time. It's a very short time. I want to please him. I want to please him. I don't know how judgment is going to go. I have no idea. Except what I read in the scriptures. If you believe in him, you have a way. You can go. But Jesus also said, there are many that will want to get in and they won't get in. There's the parable of the ten virgins. I read that today. Ten virgins. Five were foolish. Because they had no oil. They didn't take extra oil. They were all virgins. And Jesus said, that's what's going to happen in the last day. So some virgins won't get him. Or some people who claim to be believers, will are not getting. So we look at those scriptures, and Jesus will conclude, those who have ears to hear, let them hear. So we have to take, this is a very serious matter. Jesus lived on the earth for 33 years just to die to pave this way for us to get in, He caused the life of God. And no man can take it lightly and believe you're going in there. There are people who have given their lives. It's serious business. It's more than having a life. Building a house, buying a car and doing whatever. There's more to this than what I'm seeing. There's more seriousness to this than what I'm seeing today. Among believers, this is very serious. This is life. That's the life Jesus lived. And That's what he said. I must be about my father's business. Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We have to seek God's kingdom. Seek it as if the, your whole life is involved. I mean, this is, this is serious business. Jesus gave a lot of parables. It's like a man looking for... A good liberal. He goes out, he finds one, sells everything that he has to buy that field because he knows that's the kingdom of God. Your life has to be given to it. Totally. That's the way it should be. So take inventory. Where is your love for God? Where is it time today? Is it hot or is it cold? Is it lukewarm? Well, he's just doing it. But it's no longer a serious matter for you. What about the things that you used to do? Jesus said, look, remember your first love. Go back to your first love. Remember the works that you, you were doing before now. Have you changed? Do you even think more about this thing? Is it something that you do regularly? Uh, it's just a routine. There is no heart to it anymore. We have to... We have to look into ourselves and think about these things. The Bible says, he who thinks he stern, let him take heed, lest he fall. So there are scriptures to that effect. And one of the areas, there are certain things that you must do as a Christian. I said, must do. You must pray. No doubt about it. You can't be a Christian without praying at all. You have to have some time to spend before God. And if you've gone weeks without praying, I wonder what's going on. How can that be? You, thank God you're here tonight. You must also hear the Word of God. You must also study the Word of God. You have to. Jesus said, read. Revelation says you are blessed when you read. When you read the Word, you're blessed. The world watches you. And so we, we, need to, we must do that. We must study the word. The part that is mostly forgotten is the part of sharing the gospel. And helping people to know more of God. Discipling people. We, we let that go. But these things are very important. We must be sold out to all of these things. The fire of the Holy Spirit must be upon us. You know, Jesus, John baptized with water. But Jesus baptizes with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, and what? And fire. So we must have that fire in us. And we must be excited about winning souls. If you can go, you can give, you can pray. It's got to be in your thinking. If you're not praying at all for people to be saved, I wonder what's going on. Are you really concerned about the Master's business? How many times have you prayed... For Sunday, God uh, we want people saved today. Or it's Sunday, I got to be in church. That's religion. You just don't have to be in church. I know I'm not being very nice tonight, okay. <laughs> but that's the way to pray for people to come to know God. That's why Jesus came. He came to seek and to save those that are lost. And they are still in the world. We come into the scriptures, the fields of humanity that God wants the gospel preached to and people saved. And we are it. God's looking to us to reach out to them, to pray for them. You know, I read in the scriptures every book that you read. And I, I talked to our staff about that, our pastors here. Every book that you read, uh, Paul said, I never cease to pray for you. That's for believers. He wanted them established in Christ. He wanted them to spread the word. He was praying for every church. In Ephesians, the Ephesian church, he was praying for them. The Corinthian church, he was praying for them. The Roman church, every church, he <laughs> prayed for them. And Samuel said, God forbid. Far be it for me that I sin against you, the children of Israel, by not praying for you. So when you are not praying for God's work to progress, you sin him. I don't think a lot of pastors think that's sin. But Samuel said it is. If you're not praying for people to be saved, Samuel said, Samuel said, far be it from me that I sin against God by not praying for you, children of Israel, when they're in trouble. When they were in trouble. So we should pray as Christians. We should, Jesus said, pray for laborers, right? How many times have you prayed? You know, I'm glad I'm talking to the, the cream of the crop right here today. How many times have you prayed for laborers? Are you even concerned? Or is it me, my family, my car, my, uh, my, my, all oh, mine. Is all you're asking for? Selfish. <laughs> we talked about that. <laughs> but we laugh about this. But I wonder how heaven sees this. You know, I really wonder how heaven sees this. Where every time you come to pray, all you're asking for is your, for yourself, your family, Your finances. And you do not care to even say a word about even your prayer for people that come into your own church. You have no heart for the Father's business, more for your business than His business. That's painful. That's really painful. I like to be alone sometimes because, you know, if you roll these things over my mind, you know, the way my life is going, uh, you can never be satisfied. You just cannot be. You got to keep pressing on. You forget those things that are behind and you press forward. So don't talk more about what God has done in the past. I want to see what he's doing now what he's going to do in the future. i got to do that. i got to pray about this. I need all of us, church, our fellowship. we got a lot of seats here. We need to pray. We really need to pray. Yeah, I'm not concerned about the full church. I want God pleased with us. We're together in this business. Believe me. I'm not thinking about, you know, a name or something. I don't need that. But I need God to be pleased with us. This is our ministry. How often have you prayed for this? You're depending on me. I have my job. You got your own place too. <laughs> you could. You're not going to tell God, I thought that was Pastor Goodluck's ministry. No, I sent you there to help. What did you do? Well, I thought I just was to give offering. That's not what he said to do. No, we have to work together. We have to work. to... I can't do it without you. He sent you here. Yes. He sent you here. This is your place for ministry. <laughs> Take your place. Do your best. So that the work of God will grow. Uh, By the grace of God. You know, every church that I've been in. Especially when I was with Pastor Addison... Uh, with Pastor Kendall. The kids were already coming. <laughs> My life was scattered all over the place. <laughs> it's to keep it all together. But I didn't. I did what I had to do in church. The wasn't concerned about what Pastor Addison was doing much. I, when he was preaching, I was praying. I wanted the people saved. And if somebody goes up, wow, that was wonderful. I have a funny story. You want to hear it? It's really funny. There was a guy, his name Ch- Chuck. Chuck came to church, and boy, I zeroed in on, on Chuck. And uh, Pastor Addison was just talking on a Wednesday, just encouraging us. Before I knew Chuck, Chuck was at the altar, weeping. Wow. Poor, I was very excited. I, I said, Wow, that pastor's message? I thought it was a weakness, excuse me. <laughs> it wasn't much. He was just encouraging us. And somebody saved. I believe God can do anything. This is wonderful. So I took Chuck in. I was staying. This was in Georgia. I was staying in a small place. And he rented a place there. And um, Chuck would borrow my car and drive all over town. And he was my Christian brother. I was ready, really working it. But he was a drug addict, and I, you know that time, <laughs> I had no clue. I, I, as, I, I I'd never. Up to today, I haven't seen the cocaine, and I don't know what it looked like except what I see on television. But uh, I was trying to disciple Chuck, and one day he came with a camera, real nice camera. He said, uh, "Brother, good luck. You want this camera?" And I said, "Really? I already have a camera." He said. Real nice one with big lens and all of that. And I said, He said, How much for it? He said, Maybe about $60. I said, Wow, that's cheap. Where did you get it? He said, He said, uh, Somebody sent it to him for birthday. He stole that camera. I had no idea, but he was my Christian brother. <laughs> I was going to do anything for him. He sold that camera. Uh, in the pawn shop. I was angry with him. I told him, That's a good camera. Somebody gave you that for your birthday. I was real naive. And you just sold it like yeah, that, silly. The fellow's going to be angry with you. He said, Good luck. I don't need that. It's okay. I'm fine. And then the funniest thing was, one day he was, we used the word stoned. And I had no idea. I was in Morris Hall. <laughs> I was in Morris Hall. I've been trying to disciple this guy, teach him scriptures and all of that. He was my baby in Christ, you know. And uh, I was in Morris Hall, that's the graduate hall, witnessing. And um, uh, uh, when Chuck came, he couldn't, he could hardly walk. He was leaning on the wall. (laughs) And I said, uh, God, I think Chuck's about to die. And I said, uh, Chuck, you need healing. <laughs> so, I was about to lay my hand on him for prayer to get well. And he said, no, brother, no, no, no. I said, Chuck, let me pray for you so God will heal you. He said, ah. <laughs> I said, what are you doing That He's about to die. <laughs> ah. Oh, ah. He he walked, he was going to fall, and I gripped him, and I was praying in tongues and praying. And one day I came for a Wednesday night, my Muslim friend, he he had been watching me taking care of my Christian brother. He was from Sudan. And one day I came back from church, and there were police, I mean, vehicles all over the place. It was for that camera all over the place i said what's going on wow all these lights everywhere i mean the whole place was jammed with lights all over with police cars and i thought wow this little place with a lot of smoke you know small place with all these police cars so i came in and i drove and my muslim friend says good luck your brother <laughs> your brother is in the car right there handcuffed i've been watching you you've been taking care of your brother he's in the car handcuffed he said i watch you he says you're so naive you've been giving your car to him he sold that camera that's why he he stole the camera he, he you've been he said he could have taken your car to california and you won't know it <laughs> i said really my christian brother he said, Come here, good luck. Let me show you. I went, and he was in the car with his hand behind him. But for me, it didn't matter. He was born again, and I was going to help him. I learned some lesson that day that uh, everyone who does tsk, ah. <laughs> it's not really, it's not all sanctified. <laughs> Okay. Good. I learned my lesson that day. I became a little bit more suspicious, you know. Please don't do that around me. <laughs> All right. But winning of souls is so important. And you will care for them. I could care less if he took my car. I was doing my best. Hopefully God will deliver him someday. But I had no idea. But I won't change my ways if I find somebody that is really needy. You want to help them. Because of what Jesus did for us. He gave it all. He gave everything. Car is nothing. Compared to a human life. We have to give it all. To win souls for God. You know, when you do what God called us to do, that's honor for him. Jesus basically told us in John 4, verse 35 to 36, Do you not say there's still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, look, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look. At the field, the field of humanity, for they are already white for harvest. They want to hear this word. They really want to. They are, that's talking about human beings. They are already white for harvest. They are looking for somebody to share with them, to invite them to church, to tell them Jesus loves them, Jesus is God. Many times as you read the scripture, he was so human. The way, if you, you see the way he interacted with his disciples. And many times I have to remind myself, this is God speaking here, doing things. And they need him. They need him. We need him. They need him. And we have the seed in us. Because the Holy Spirit lives in you. And you give the word. It's like in the beginning. When God gives the word. Something is going to happen to them. The field is already white for harvest. They are already ready, white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages. So we're going to be receiving something. You don't work for God and he won't pay you. I think my family is being paid, you know, he's being paid. You know, and I feel good about that. We, many times, Angela and I, we call ourselves, uh, we is a major transformation for our lives. So it's just a, a real turn from everything that we were thinking was going to happen. You know, you plan your life the way you think. But we had to obey. And God's helping us. And helping us to raise the kids. Helping us with everything. You know, I can confidently say to you that I've seen His hands working. We don't know what we're doing for the most part, but God's orchestrating these things. I mean, you know, Grace calls. Grace is like a leader. She has about three or four students, four, five of them, five students, and she babies them, just discipling them myself. And she's very serious about it. She called me. She wants to pay for them. They can go to a conference. Wait. Uh, Angela and I will take credit for that, but we didn't teach her that, really, I'm telling you. But I like to take the credit. Oh, yes. But it's what God said. God is true to his word. He says, your children will be taught by God himself. Read it in Isaiah 54. Your children will be taught by God himself. And their peace. God will give them so much peace. A great peace they will have. And so there is a lot of wages that God will... Not just financial. And, and, and the good thing about it, God says he will bless your generations even to the tenth one. That's an amazing thing. if Jesus tarries, I can be confident that Angela and I will start at this new generation of people in our family. Because God has made a promise in you, Abraham, every single family will be blessed. And you can start that by sharing with somebody and their life being transformed. Now you can transform that family and generations to come if Jesus tarries. Why would you hold back? Why would you hold back when you have such power to transform generations if Jesus tarries? Your message can change lives. My father was a polygamist. He had ten wives. I wanted six. That was mine. But one is enough. (laughs) Amen. But that's, that's a new generation. And my children don't know what I went through. My children don't know what it means to kneel before an idol. I did. I I, I participated in that. My children don't know what it is to be wrestling with demons at night. (laughs) Because it's a new generation. Why? Because somebody brought the gospel to me. And never gave up on me was constantly coming, he kept inviting me, every time I turned him off, that's okay, he's coming back, and then one day I went, and it, you know, in Nigeria, we studied the scriptures in, in high school, so I knew a lot of scriptures, I, I, I memorized Peter's speech on the day of Pentecost, I, I could just quote those things, you know, to you, I knew that. But I'd never, seen anybody, I'd never seen anyone pray in tongues. But I went to my, this guy who had been inviting me to church. I, I call, he invited me to his church. And then we sat down, to, we knelt down to pray. When you go in, they're real quiet. They all kneel down. I think Nigerians will do that. When we get into church, they don't talk to you. They just kneel and they, you know, they are praying. And I heard somebody praying tongues. And I turned and I looked and I heard another one. And I said, I'm in the midst of apostles. That's what I thought. And I feared those guys and respected them. And then Samuel was telling me, that's the one that invited me, you're going to be like me. I said, I don't think so. You don't know who you're talking to. I'm too wicked. But I will respect you and treat you all well so that God can bless me because I'm treating apostles really nice. (laughs) But God changed my life. God changed my life. God can use you. The field is already white for harvest. You have to be persistent. Just inviting them, talking to them, bringing them to church. Everyone who works for God receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life. So you bringing them, you are actually gathering people for eternal life. And so there are those that will sow, and then those that will uh, reap, and we all rejoice together. You see, the point is, we're all in this together. You can invite somebody, and pastor may preach, but we are doing it together. And they receive Christ, yeah, but my pastor preached, the first past, my first pastor, he preached, but I didn't look to him as the one who brought me to God. It was the Samuel, the guy who invited me, that was my father in the Lord. And he was the one that spent a lot of time with me, trying to teach me scriptures. He, first, he was the one that bought me, if I recall correctly, bought me this uh, Matthew Henry commentary. He gave it to me. That was salvation for me. I started reading like crazy. That book. Let me read this scripture to you. Matthew 13. Twenty thirty-seven through 42. Jesus speaking. He said, He answered and said to them, He who sows the good seed is the Son of Man. This is the parable of the tares. He who sows the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world. The field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom. So we're talking about people and the field, the world, so we're looking at the world. It's already white for harvest, Jesus said. The field is the world. So the they seed, the good seed, the sons, the sons of the kingdom. So they are in the world. Many of them need to be preached to before they can be transformed to be the sons of the kingdom. They are in the world. And Jesus came to preach to them, all of us in the world. We were not all seeds of the kingdom initially until we received the message, right? And after we received the message, we became sons of the kingdom. So there are those in the world that are potential sons of the kingdom. And until you preach, they will remain terrors in the world. It says the enemy who sold them is the devil. The harvest is the, is the end of the age or the end of the world. And the reapers are the angels. Therefore as the tares are gathered and burnt in the fire, so it will be at the end of, the, of this age. The Son of Man will send out his angels and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend And those who practice lawlessness and will cast them into the furnace of fire. And then he concluded there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. So there are people going to hell until we stop them. Until you stand in the way. They are blind. They are walking towards hell. They don't feel the heat yet, but they are getting closer. Somebody needs to stand in the way and say, you don't want to go this way. You know, this is the wrong way to go. I used to go this way. I found that better. Some, I'm going the other way now. Can you turn around, please? Let's go the other way so we can go to the Father. The, where you're going, the devil is the one you're going to meet with. The Father is on the other side. Turn around. Let's go. He, he's over there. We have to do that. We have to do that. You know, I used to think, you know, the person has to be anointed. No, you just have to speak. You just have to speak. If you're speaking for God, (laughs) He will anoint you. If you're speaking for Him, He'll anoint you. In fact, He won't let you say much. He'll speak through you. And before long, you start seeing things happen because He wants to encourage you. He wants to encourage you that you are His. I tell you the truth. I don't feel... You know, I started seeing... Uh, a deep, major difference in the way I do ministry after Angela and I decided we uh, we would do this full-time ministry thing I prayed for people before and the healings were off and on you know it's a little one I'm happy but I'd never seen a blind person healed before and I'd never seen anybody with deaf ears open but I didn't feel anything except the words that I heard from the Lord You need to go. And my wife was willing for us to do this. And right the very first meeting, the very first meeting, I started saying unusual things. People who had been sick for 25 years, healed all of a sudden. And I had so much confidence. It's like you are standing outside yourself, watching yourself do things. That's the way it was. I saw blind eyes. I never saw that before. Deaf ears opened. And they'll come and I, I feel that confidence. I, don't have any, I won't have any fear. And I'll tell them plainly, God's going to heal you. Well, that never happened. Did I feel any anointing before that? No. I just answered the call. That was it. I'm being very open with you tonight. That's all I did. And all we need to do is answer the call. And God will do the same. There are no big shots in the kingdom. Just people who are willing. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat of the good, you will eat of the good of the land. All we need to do is to be willing and to be obedient. We need to have a heart to win souls for God. That's what it is. We have to pray about it if we don't have opportunity to do that. And if your heart is in it, God is going to guide you. 80% of Americans say they will go to church if somebody will invite them. 80%. So all we need to do is invite them. Can you Will really you come to church with me this Sunday? No, I'm busy. Next Sunday, try again. And then the following Sunday, try. But you're always busy. They say, yeah, I'm busy. But one day, he's going to feel bad because the Holy Spirit won't let him sleep. <laughs> and then he wants to go to church. Amen? Amen? And then you've won one. Um... I think it's going to be the great joy for me when I get to heaven and I have people there that I know that they, no doubt in their mind it was because our paths crossed. That's why they are there. The, the path crossed and the blood of Jesus was involved in that crossing. Amen? That transformed their lives. And And, and who are we to be a part of that kind of awesome event just to be there that's why i'm looking forward to i mean i enjoy we go to calvert and god's doing a major work in calvert now there's a lot of transformation there and i thank god for you our church many of you had so much heart for this and i believe we prayed for this place remember that we prayed for this place when we started going to calvert I mean, that place was going down fast. But everything is looking up now. New, a company coming in, in just three years, that will employ so many people. We now have a, 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 a children and youth uh, pastors, two of them, and they are doing fantastic. We, get, we are having up to like 20-something children, close to 30, every week now. And the church, everybody together, whereas they were divided before. And they loved their pastor, Pastor Roy. It, that's because of you. Thank God many of you were excited about going. You remember, we all get in the van. And I told Pastor Roy, if the church people, in the Ark Fellowship, if they are excited about going, something is going to happen. Remember me telling you that? And we had the very last, last two events we had. These guys came and something broke since then. And it's changed since then. Because you were excited. He says, God's power is shown when his people are ready. When they are ready, his people are willing, he's right there with them. And that's all I'm asking. Let's get ready. Because God wants to give us a great harvest. Thank God we have television ministry. That's a church of this size. We are reaching out to a lot of people around the world. My heart is full to know that somebody who... Dropped out of school because his hand was uh, paralyzed. Now he's back to school, graduated. Hopefully when we get there, we'll see this young man. That's because of you. Pastor so- Solomon pleaded with me. He said, please, can you send some money? He needs to finish. We did. Now he's finished and he keeps sending messages. To please thank Pastor Goodluck. Well, it's not Pastor Goodluck. It's the Ark Fellowship. Amen? Because you gave. We just need to rejoice in what God's doing. But... We forget the things that are behind. We want to press forward. We, we have a mission. We have a work to do. And thank God for the quality of people that God has put in this church. I can see so many people with a real strong heart for God. And I'm very grateful. But I want it to all of us. All of us. All of us. Can you hear me tonight, people? All of us. All of us. All of us. Let's reach out. Let's cry out to God. If we begin to cry out to God for their salvation as we drive all around uh, uh, Cyprus praying, we may not see any result immediately, but I believe I know the ways of the Lord. He'll test to see if you will quit. And I'm not going to quit. That's what we did. We covered. I told the fellow, we're not leaving you guys. We'll be here. He says, yes, and we know now. But they were waiting for us to leave. That's what they told us. They'll watch you and they know you're going to leave. And I told that fellow, it was a drug drug pusher. Mark, I remember him? And we were standing with Pastor Al there. And I told the fellow, I said, look, God sent us to Calvert. He, he agreed with me. And I said, we're not going anywhere. He said, yes, we know. <laughs> they already come. They already know. And God is just broken there. And God's doing a major walk over there. This month, at the end of this month, we're having a, uh, another... Uh, Outreach and covered. Please let God touch your heart. When they see you coming, even your presence, because you carry God. How many know you carry God? Your presence as you walk the streets. The demons are saying trouble in town. These guys have come from Houston to cause us trouble. As you walk around, your presence is sanctifying the place. Amen. We, if we Fill both vans, all of them, and we show up. The devil says, here comes trouble. What are we going to do now? Amen? And we start talking to them one by one. We want to see that place transformed. We want to see Cypress transformed. We want to see souls saved. I want this house full. But I want that church back there, uh, Connection Church, I want them to be saying, we don't have room. Go to the Ark Fellowship over there. <laughs> Amen? And the other church said, we're having problems with room we need to build. I, w- I love to see that. Not just us. We want people saved. Amen? Would you stand up with me tonight so we can pray for people to be saved. Get to know Jesus. Get to know Jesus. He is such an awesome God. He's, he's an amazing being. He's, he's a, God is so good god is so good and so faithful it's something i can count on something i can trust somebody i can trust and know if something is failing it has nothing to do with him has to do with me or somebody else i can trust him fully and i can ask god what's going on where am i missing it please do something show me and he'll show me amen lift your hands up to the lord tonight and call on him call on him for the people of cyprus please It's not about the our Fellowship. Jesus died for them. Jesus died for them. We need them saved. We need them to know God. We need them to be in the house of God on Sunday, not just resting when it's the Sabbath. They should be in the house of God. And there are Christians also that are resting on the Sabbath day. They should be in the house of God, worshiping God. These are the last days. These are the last days. And the love of many, Jesus said, will wax cold. We don't want that. We want to pray against that for our lives, for the lives of our children, for those that are around us, our friends, our family members, everyone. We want to pray. And God has promised us, if you pray, God will answer. If you cry out, God will heal the land. If we repent and turn from our ways, God will heal. And God will bless. We want God to send revival upon us. Pour out your spirit, O God, upon the people of the Ark Fellowship. In the name of Jesus. And let the fire burn, Lord. Let the fire reach out to others around the Cyprus area. Fill this place, Lord God, with your presence. And use us mightily in the name of Jesus. Use us, O God. Use us, O God. Pour your fire into our hearts, O God, in the name of Jesus. God, we don't want religion. We want Jesus. We want Jesus. We want the Son of God. We want God in our heart. We want to reach out for God. We want to be about our Father's business. God, in the name of Jesus, soften our hearts, O God. Lord, remove the selfishness in us, O God. So that we can cry out for those that are without. In the name of Jesus. We need them saved, O God. You said if we ask anything on the earth, in agreement you will hear. It will be answered, O God. Father, answer our prayers. We want the people of Cyprus saved. We want the people of Carver saved. We want those in Nigeria, all over. Wherever our ministry is reaching, God, we want... We want you to touch those lives and bring them in. Save them, heal them, sanctify them. Fill them with the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We love you, Lord God. We love you. We love you, Lord God. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for your love for us. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus.